Well, hi and welcome along to the Three From Home Royal Ascot Special. Uh, one of the best weeks of racing in the calendar. Kate Tracy, Frankie Foster with me as always. Kate, uh, you must be pretty excited about going to uh, to this meeting. It, it really is a, it's a huge tick in the box for not just a racing fan, but for a sports fan, I think it's fair to mm. say. Oh, definitely. So it's one of the best weeks of sport going. It, it's just brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. And to be there tomorrow, feeling a very, very lucky girl, sort of working the rest of the week around it. But tomorrow is actually full social day. Really wanted to make sure it was a Tuesday that I got to go as well. <laughs> and to get to see the world's best racehorse in the first race is just going to set the precedent, hopefully then for the rest of the week. Yeah. Cannot wait. Absolutely. Uh, Frankie, uh, Frankie's joining us from a, from an airport somewhere. But uh, Frankie, last time we, we, we spoke to you, a standard, very standard procedure. Uh, Frankie, last time we spoke to you, you were getting all tailored up. The, uh, you were choosing the colour of ties, the, the silk attire. Uh, I, I believe you're absolutely buzzing as well. You'll be there in person. And as Kate was kind of echoing, I'm sure uh, there's not many weeks in the calendar which kind of trump this one. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm hopefully thinking Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, um, a bit more social on the Friday. So yeah, I'm, I can't wait. Mm -hmm. Get back um, today and then just get get set and ready for the week. Really, absolutely. It will be all all things Ascot all week. Indeed, uh, indeed. I'm actually buzzing for it. I'm not there in person, uh, but uh, oh. nonetheless, nonetheless, um, <laughs> all those days of excitement of a lot of that ship sailed a long time ago. Don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> but no, I'm uh, I'm very much looking forward to this week. It's uh, very different from the, the build up to Cheltenham, which um, you know I would bore everyone to death with uh, week after week. Uh, but with Ascot, it very much just kind of appears, doesn't it? So yeah. spontaneity. No one knows who's running till where and when. Which is what uh, my steam panel are going to sort everyone out with here, rather than the usual formats of kind of going through uh, races in order, etc., and looking at feature contests. I've got Kate and Frankie here, just going to come up with their best bets for each day of Royal Ascot, or even if at the moment, obviously at the time of recording, we don't have the declarations for later in the week, real eye catch or an angling or anything. The uh, the dance floor is free for both of you, uh, essentially. But we're gonna we're gonna aim for one tip a day, one best bet. Uh, we'll kick off with the opening day, the Tuesday. Now I know Frankie was itching to get in first to put up Baid for the Queen Anne. Uh, we're, we're, we're not letting him have that. We're not letting him have Val that. Value, Ed. It's value. <laughs> it could be, you know. I, I think he, on a serious note, I think you, you can win that by about fifteen legs. Yeah. But anyway, on, on a side point. Uh, Frankie, you can continue and you can get first dibs here for a change. Uh, the Tuesday, Royal Ascot, get us off to a flyer. What are we looking at? Well, I am looking at a favourite. There's enough favourites on the day. Thankfully, it's not odds on. Um, um, it's because I think Golden Pal in the Kinstan Stakes is value at about nine to four. I know it's competitive, mm. but he's just the perfect horse for a race like this. I mean, look back through his entire career, well, two over in England, a second at Ascot where just pipped late over five. The York day, I'm willing to excuse him. Everyone seemed confident. Frank seemed confident going into the race. I'm willing to cut that down to a bad day at the office. Besides okay. that, he's unbeaten from debut onwards. Yeah, He's done his racing over five. We know how he races. An absolute bullet coming out of the stalls. And... What I think is just kind of leaning me to be even more confident is these couple of successes he's had over five and a half. We know he's going to go quick, and it's essentially a case of catch me if you can. And the fact yeah. that Golden Powell's won a couple over that extra half a furlong over yeah. in America just 
leads me towards thinking there's not going to be that question of, you know, is he going to gas and, and slow up and, and be cool? I think he is going to go, well, he will go quick. He will keep going and, and hopefully just seize it out from the front. Irad Ortiz is coming over another big plus because of a crazy horse that does pull it from the start. You do have to have a bit of experience riding him. Um, and I think that, again, is going to play in his favour. I know Wesley Ward talks all his horses up. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Golden Pal is top of the list. But I'm a believer of the hype. It, it will be very, yeah. very interesting because, you know, we've got the English form, the Australian form, the American form, all to try and weigh up against each other. But I just think for a five-furlong top-class race, Golden Pal ticks all the boxes to go and win this for me. A nine-to-four yeah, I- at current, I think, is very, very fair. Golden Pal, the, the USA flag flying in the, the household of Frankie Foster there. As you say, uh, featured at Ascot last year. Worth pointing out, uh, there was a lot of juice in the ground last year for that race at Royal Ascot. Um, we're looking at good to firm, good in places at the time of recording. 23 degrees pretty much a week there. They're going to have to probably be watering by the end of the week just to take the uh, keep the word good somewhere in it. So you're looking at proper fast ground. That will suit Golden Powell in the kind of international clash, haven't we? We've got Nature Strip over there as well. I mean, what a race that would be. But Frankie, with in the 340 is with Golden Powell. That is the Kingstown Stakes over the, the Fast of Furious Five Furlongs. That is his nap. On the opening day, right, Kate, with you, you look at what are the, the group contests or you going into a handicap company? Oh, no, I'm going elsewhere. So, Frankie's taking the speedsters then in the five furlongs. I'm going completely the opposite in the two mile four Ascot stakes. <laughs> so, right. from the speedsters to the stayers, then, yeah. and yeah, I thought the opening day was sort of a pretty tricky day really to try and find that sort of value better such because I do think it's going to be a bit of a favourites day to be honest then opening yeah. up a class day nonetheless so sort of when I was trying to look for any angle in I've run my trends funnily enough ooh, in the Ascot stakes then yeah. so yeah going through all of this there's one horse that ticks nearly every single box then for me which is just something that is quite sort of unheard of whenever I run these trends and that is the Dan Skelton trained Proschema Oh. Yeah, who, uh, yeah, have you sided with him? No, I haven't. But he was my he was my nap on the on the show about a month ago. Was it Air? I think yeah. Haydock or somewhere. Haydock, yeah, anyway, yeah. Carry on, yes. Kate. Carry on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I I think he's got a great chance here at sixteen to one as well. Because firstly, I wanted a seven year old for this race, rated as close to a hundred as possible. This lad is rated exactly a hundred. Not a huge fan of his draw in eighteen. However, the draw hasn't played a hugely significant factor in this race in the past, which makes sense as this race does tend to go to hold up performers so right. it's not as though it's all pace so you must be getting into a handy position or anything like that and we know that this lad he's a hold up performer over hurdles so hopefully that'll be the case again then on the level now and it's looked a bit of a plan for him really because he's only had that one start so far this year which is another positive coming into this race fresh and he ran well on that last start on the back of a six month break still managed to finish third of 16 in a very good in the long distance handicap hurdle at Haydock. Perfect time it came ago on the 7th of May. He's had a good freshen up time and he just ticks nearly every single box for me. So yeah, Proschema at 16 to 1 or Proschema, whichever you want to call yeah. it on each day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in the, the five o'clock on the Tuesday, the Ascot Stakes for uh, for Kate there. I was to say, this is a, this is literally, it's a channel festival race, isn't it? You've got the yeah. Pied Piper, the Triumph Hurdle, the, yeah. the, the, the entry controversy afterwards. You bring on the Ooh. night, you ran in the Supreme as well. 
Um, yeah, who says um, I don't ever talk about Cheltenham? Anyway, that is the uh, the, the, the five o'clock Prashima for Kate. Good each way value there off top weight. James Doyle in the saddle for the Dan Skelton team. So look out for that one at a big price. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Kate. I thought this was all a bit... Um, you either kind of with the favourites if you're not. I know it sounds a bit silly mm. to say, but uh, I thought there's yeah. some real, real tricky contests here on the card. I've actually gone for you. I've uh, gone uh, in terms of you. I've looked at one of the the bigger fields uh, in terms of the 535, the Wolferton. I've got a bit Ooh. left of field here. Uh, Dougie Costello, Marcus Dragoning, uh, team oh. of Perotto, uh, who I think could go well first time out for the season, uh, won the Britannia at Royal Ascot last year. So has the been there and done it factor. And uh, we mentioned the ground last year. Uh, it was a bizarre type of uh, Royal Ascot where it rained, got really heavy and then dried out in the space of about 12 hours. Mm. Uh, Perotto, Perotto actually won when the ground had dried out. So that horse loves a quick surface. I do think underfoot conditions will really suit that one. Right. That are That is the Tuesday naps done and dusted. So that's Golden Pal for Frankie in the King stand. Uh, Proshima. Well, I think we'll go with that pronunciation for now anyway. In the five mm -hmm. o'clock, the Ascot Stakes for Kate. And I'm with Perotto in the Wolferton at 5.35. Right, on to the Wednesday. Uh, at the time of recording, we don't actually have the declarations, but so be it. I think we've got a good idea as to who's probably lining up where. Right, Kate, you can lead off this time around. Where are we looking? Yeah, so basically I've run out of my options now because we don't have the decks for <laughs> my friends and for the handicaps, unfortunately, because I need to see the full race final decks draw right. and everything yeah, then factor it into excuses excuses right yeah Come on, so yeah. unfortunately i've had to go back into my group races again then unfortunately right. <laughs> such yeah, is life yeah and i'm going to the 420 then the duke of Ooh. cambridge stakes for group two for the phillies and mares over a mile yeah. and the one who i think is a fair bet then within this is bashkarova here because mm. i know that this race may well cut up a bit but I still like her at her current price and she didn't let me down last time out at Epsom. So I'm more than willing to side with her again here because yes, she was sent for favourite for that latest start. However, plenty were fancying the form to be upheld with Mrs. Fitzherbert. However, that was readily reversed from Goodwood and Bashkarova was a very good winner over the reopposing Potapova. Now, that is form, I think, will be upheld by the way that Bashkarova was going away at the line. This fifth mile will surely suit her on that basis because last time out that was over a mile and a half of furlong so of course she's stepping up in grade here again into a group two but she's so upwardly mobile and she's just a typical improver from the William Haggis yard where he never overphases them early and if Haggis steps them up in grade you know it's come at the right time for the horse so it is yeah. Bashkarova for me in the 420. Bashkarova, Cheveney Park, can do very little wrong, it seems, mm. whatever code uh, they, they seem yeah. to be running horses these days. Bashkarova, uh, as Kate says, William Haggis, actually on record the other day, saying his, his string usually kind of take a run or two to peak and he gets going mid-summer onwards. Well, they've been absolutely flying since the get-go, mm -hmm. haven't they, for the last two months. But operated over 30%. So Bashkarova uh, to follow up that recent success in the 420 to Duke of Cambridge. Uh, Frankie, where are we going for the best bet? It's competitive oh, because I'm going against Kate. <laughs> no, <laughs> no way. No way. Go on, then. Yeah, I'm, I may have 30 seconds before I get on a, on a transport um, link in the airport. It's the biggest airport ever, but um, Go on, Saffron Beach I'm going right. with. Um, closely matched with Mother Earth who could be in here as well. Mother Earth beat Saffron Beach earlier on in their careers and then form was reversed 
last October. A couple of pieces of mixed form, and she's been lightly campaigned, so I wonder if she has maybe had her issues or been tricky to get right. But if you look at her last three, won a group three comfortably enough over the mile. Won a group one where she, that was when she beat Mother Earth, again over a mile, and well enough. And then mixed it over in Maidan with top-class horses, mixed sex. There was an extra furlong in the race. It was her first appearance after a five-month break and still managed to come forth in that. I think there's got to be more improvement from there. And if she picks up where she left off from that run at Newmarket, beating Mother Earth, I think she's fine there with a chance. So Saffron Beach to, to go against Kate's selection. I'm probably a bit biased because I've watched Bashkarova or that race. I wasn't that impressed with the race, but I think it's with my selection from Fifth. So. <laughs> Right. Bitter. Bitter, that's what it sounds like. Bitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I didn't see that one coming. Uh, of all the options here, we're taking each other on. Uh, we are taking each other on there. Yeah. Uh, so Saffron Beach uh, against Kate Selection of Bash Garova in that one. I'm actually going to keep this straightforward, uh, relatively straightforward. Uh, and in the Prince of Wales' stakes, the 340, I think, Baybridge will run them absolutely mm -hmm. ragged. I don't think they're going to see which way that horse goes. I'd really mm -hmm. like to see that horse in some, some bigger targets later on in the season. There is talk, of course, fast forward into August, Baybridge, Baid, possibly Desert Crown in the Judmont International. Oh, those are the types of things that get yeah. me going. But anyway, we mm -hmm. shall see. But Baybridge, 3.40 on Wednesday, probably be uh, relatively short. Uh, you're not going to get some juicy prices floating around, but it's a horse really on an upward curve. So we'll do for me. Right. On to the Thursday then. And now this is starting to get a bit tricky, as we said, because we're we're kind of shooting in the dark to some extent. Uh, but this is to connections uh, that's like John Gosden, etc. It says uh, he's going to make a late call on whether Emily Upjohn uh, will go for the Ribblesdale. She does obviously that with a huge bearing uh, in the Ribblesdale. And then in the Gold Cup, the following race on your cards. Stradivarius, um, it could, could be a case of last man standing here, isn't it? Um, Alan King has reiterated that unless the weather forecasts are mysteriously wrong and rain arrives, uh, Trushan will not be lining up in the Ascot Gold Cup, etc., etc. So, uh, with that in mind, Kate, uh, is there any individual here who thinks a, a standout performer or jumping off the page for you uh, for Thursday at Royal Ascot? Yeah, again, it's price dictating me here to try to find these best bets. And again, so many of these races could well cut up by the time we actually get to them. And one race that may well do that in itself, and you've just mentioned it, is the Ribblesdale at 340. But it's still a race where I really like the price about one in here. And that's history, because I just think that this filly is being underestimated here for all that. This is, as I say, another race that may well cut up because similar yeah. to Tuesday in the Oaks, I think that history has a very similar profile here. And history skipped the Oaks to come here instead, which looks a notable nod of intent by Connections to pick up what is usually a relatively easy group to need to sort of caveat yeah. that a little bit. But just because it's very often the afterthought after the Oaks, only two weeks after then, which may well just catch out a few of these here. So I'd rather side with a fresher angle of history who I thought ran a very fair race in the Irish Thousand Guineas to finish seventh. But like Tuesday herself, who finished second, that trip of one mile, was mm. unlikely to see her to best effect. So we know that that form is very strong, of course, because Homeless Songs, we want it as a star and looks a good thing. Should should she take a chance in the coronation stakes if mm. uh, the ground doesn't dry up yeah. too much for her? But I doubt really that it's going to suit her on yeah. that basis. And then Tuesday, of course, won the Oaks. History, being a daughter of Galileo, for all she, she's out of a six furlong to a miler, 
I'd expect her imp- to improve for this step up in trips. So yeah, history, I can see eight to one about her at the minute. I really liked her at that price for that race. Fantastic. History, uh, as Kate says, going up in distance will probably make the big key there in regards to breeding. Uh, a little bit outpaced behind Homeless Songs. Oh, we'd be lovely to see Homeless Songs run when we against mm. in spiral cachet. I get, oh, I just get the feeling. The, the, the big clashes we wanted, aren't we? We wanted that race and uh, the true Shan Stradivarius and the Sod's Law probably not end up with either. However, there's uh, plenty But we of good get action. some good weather at least. We do. We get good weather. We got a good action. Uh, yeah, we can, We cannot complain. Uh, but history for Kate in the Ribblesdale at 340. Um, I'm kind of putting a little asterisk against my selection. Uh, I'm with Bank for uh, David, uh, David O'Mara for the David Lochnane stable. Now, I'm going to see the Queen Mary or the Norfolk. I'm just getting that one in there now. Uh, before I forget, but uh, it's yet to be confirmed what the target is. But that will be my. I will be back in Woolbank, wherever that horse goes. I could not believe the uh, the manner in which that individual bolted up at the Dave's my last time out. David Lockney doing really well uh, with his two year olds this season. That's a real speedy sort. So I'll be interested to see where that one goes. Right, Frankie. I hope you've um, you've got through your shuttle bus and security. Uh, where are we <laughs> looking for the uh, Thursday? I'm all good. The one you like. Um... <laughs> There is. We should have. We should have sent some notes over first, really, because I've been trying to take Kate on again. <laughs> Stop doing maybe, that. I know. Maybe we should have exchanged where we were looking at. Um, but I, I'm going from the angle. Uh, it's kind of similar to what Kate said. Um, Magical Lagoon in the Ribblesdale. Um, if you can get an each way price, and she's definitely going to go there. And if the those at the top of the market don't run. As we know, everything will start to shorten up. Yeah. I think if you can nick a sevens or eights, I think mm. overseeing, then I think it's a very good bet. She's been so consistent, only four runs, but each of them over a, a mile and, and only got better with each run and, and also got better with that extra two furlongs last time out. But some of the form in there, I know she was seventh, a new marker, but in Spiral was in there, Prosperous Voyage, Cache, you know, you've got the one and two and the 1,000 guineas in Spiral was the... Mm the top horse about before she had her issues. So a seventh there isn't as bad as it looks on paper by any means. And then when stepped up again to one mile two, second behind Concert Hall, and ran a very solid race that day. So I think if you can get an each-way price before things start to chop and change, I wouldn't be backing out without a non-one and no bet. But um, magical again for me to at least be in the mixer. Unbelievable, really. Like, uh, like, first of all, like, um, for you two to pick the same race two days running, uh, take does take some doing. We'll enjoy also, <laughs> both of you taking on Emily up, John, for your four mm. to six shot here. Who I thought it's got to show three legs to win, is it not? I mean, uh, she can. Well, how likely is it that she'll run? Do you think? Mm. Uh, well, a late call is the official line from John Gosden. I don't know what what that means exactly. Whether again they're looking at the ground because I, I know Frankie the Toy did mention after the the Musadora there was a bit of juice in the ground that day, wasn't there? Whether she's a big old filly, whether she might just want a, the ground not quite as rattling, I don't know. But as you say, when I uh, was kind of looking at it, I was more on the side of. And not running was my right, yeah. my thoughts. Yeah. Hence, hence yeah. trying to get an each way price. Wow, but yeah, I, I think I think if she did run, and as soon as it's confirmed, depending on price, I think that would be a bet. She's definitely the one to beat. Anyway, no, I like it, Frank. Come on, be bold, be bold. Get these odds on. <laughs> get these odds on. So, shots tailed off. Uh, absolutely <laughs> no. So yeah, Kate and Frankie uh, both throwing in 
uh, against uh, Emily Upjohn there. In that is the 340, the Ribblesdale. Uh, was it Magical Lagoon uh, for Frankie? A 10 to 1 yep. shot at the time of recording. Uh, and Kate with history, an 8 to 1 poke. Uh, for the Ballydoyle team there as well. So some each-way value offered up. As I said, I'm with Wallbank, who does have entries in the Norfolk and the Queen Mary. Uh, the Norfolk obviously being the better race. Uh, the Windsor Castle, I should say, I think. But the Norfolk being yeah, the better race. Yeah, lost his, yeah. his new lads. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But the uh, if he does go in the Norfolk, you'll probably get a bigger price as well. But anyway, keep your eyes on Wallbank. That is a, an individual with some serious gears, I think it's fair to say. Right, on to the Friday now. Uh, we've got all sorts going on there. We've got the Albany. We've got the Commonwealth Cup, which is a, a race I like. Uh, Duke of Edinburgh, uh, the Coronation Stakes, which, again, we've touched upon earlier on in the show. Fingers crossed. Just want to... We don't want to get Frankie a drowned rat whilst he's on, on course, but just some, like, mysterious rain shower or two <laughs> uh, the day before. We're just, just dead in the ground up a bit to get the, the race we all want to see, isn't it, really? Mm. I mean, Homeless Song's a devastating winner. Of the 1,000 guineas, Cachet, of course, won the English 1,000 and went down uh, on her sword uh, as such in France next time out. And then in Spiral, the unbeaten champion two-year-old filly as well. I mean, that really could be one of the races this season. We shall see what happens later in the week. Uh, Kate, do you have a best bet on the cards? First of all, I'm hoping you do, but uh, where are we going mm-hmm. for the best bet on Friday? Yeah, I'm going to the 305, the Commonwealth Cup, which is one of my absolute favorite races of the entire week i i just love this race it's so competitive time after time it always has a whole plethora of different angles into it of horses coming back in trip you know sort of top juvenile form them from last year and sort of and and all of these different factors coming to the fore then over the six furlongs progressive horses proven horses it's just it's such a great race and the one that i really like in here is the wonderful perfect power to take oh. on El Caballo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just, oh, I love him. And I think this drop back to six furlongs is a very yeah. good move as well, because, yeah. I mean, fair play to connections for trying him over a mile. And he looked very good over seven furlongs on his reappearance start when winning the Greenham Stakes, which yeah. he looked a good thing for. And he justified that when Christoph Sumion made the journey over specifically for him. And then, as I say, fair play to connections. Their sort of hands were really basically forced them to take their chance in the 2000 guineas but you sort of have to when you win the greenham um but he yeah. just didn't stay the mile there but this six furlongs at Ascot in a well-run race such as the commonwealth cup should really see him with optimal conditions and he's such a hardy little thing which you need to be for this race he has the pace he also has the stamina he has christoph sumi on book to ride as well already so all except for a big run from this proven group one winner whereas el caballo still needs to prove himself up to this level for all that he's very progressive really likable probably up to it but i'd rather go of the horse that has proven himself which is perfect power i'm absolutely with you there kate uh, nine nine to two i think take the nine to two he's gonna line up he's going to run could cut up uh yeah as you say mm. just didn't stay a mile straight forward yeah. as that uh, no other excuses there perfect power course form of the book as well ticking all the right boxes and so myself and kate weighing in uh, perfect power in the Commonwealth Cup. Right, Frankie, who are we with? I better give them two because I was looking to go best go for my best bet in the Commonwealth. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I know, God. We're gonna we're gonna have to have uh, we'll have to see where we where we end up at the end of the week. Who yeah. comes out on top? Eh? Because yeah, it is have like a head to head battle this entire we, thing. Yeah, keep we, yeah. <laughs> we have essentially gone head to head. 
Um, so, yeah, I'll keep it short and sweet on Go Bears Go, but I think overpriced in here. I'd much rather side with the consistent six furlong sprinter. I just, I may get proven wrong, and you know I was a perfect player fan. I think I'd put this horse up every time it ran um, yeah. this, this season. But I, I struggle when a horse does get stepped up and you kind of think, was that always the plan? You know, where do you stand with this horse now? What What is it op- its optimal distance? And I just, uh, there's a few question marks raised for me off the back of that defeat over the mile. Um, go Bears Go is the opposite. You're consistent sprinter, proper sprinter. It's been unfortunate um, last time out coming forth when stumbling out the stores. And besides that, it's been progressive and, and very, very solid. So, at a, again, an each way price around eight. I'm looking at go bears go. I think decent enough value. Um, another maybe yeah. another yeah. tricky race. The coronation stakes. You've got inspired in there. Mm. And this horse seems to be going up and down the market. Will it? Won't mm. it? Run. There's not much confidence coming out of the yard. There's not many comments at all coming out of the yard. Um, but if she does turn up, how she kind of left off, I think is the probably the one to beat homeless songs again there's lots of comments on uh, if buts and maybes um so kind of looking past those two and if the race does start to fall apart a little bit i think prosperous voyage is mm. incredibly consistent um and again deserves to be in the mixer if you're looking for a place at a bit of a price has run behind all of these was the horse that got the closest to in spiral um yeah doncaster that day and another uh, sorry again a new market over the mile just yeah. very, very consistent. Mixing it in with the best has, has got three seconds yeah. to her name um, behind the best. So, you know, if things fail right for on the day and things work out and some of the top two don't run, definitely yeah. a chance. Well, you do make a good point there. Uh, I should say only a net pine cachet uh, last time out. But I don't think it's inconceivable. In Spiral and Homeless Songs, neither of these make the gig. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah I agree. it could be an absolute sorry to put the absolute rain cloud on there really, but yeah, <laughs> it could be um it'd be typical racing and cache could end up going off your you know your, your two to one favorite by default and the uh, prosperous village will be going off second fav after all the all the chit chat who knows but yeah prosperous uh, voyage it's a 10 to one poke now so maybe yeah take frankie's advice because if the race does cut up which there's there's every opportunity listing to trainer quotes for the protagonist. It does. Uh, you could be on to a bit of a, a value-seeking angle there for a horse who's, Frankie again points out, has been uh, just right on the shoulder of those real top horses and isn't far away at all on form. Right, yeah. We're, so we're Team Perfect Power there, Kay, aren't we? Uh, that's, yeah. That's, that's sorted. That's sorted. Uh, right. Well, you probably even smoke it, Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I can't believe how much we were taking each other on here. This is a uh, yeah. This is this is. I think this is more interesting than us going for different races. To be honest yeah. with you, I think this yeah. will be more fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we did do this totally blind, just to uh, just to inform listeners here. There's no um contrived. We weren't weren't note swapping, uh, as Frankie was saying. We, we there, there was nothing going on. We just came up with the uh, selections independently, and this is what we come up with. Put it that way. Right on to the Saturday. Um, again, shooting on the dark to, to a large extent. Um, we've got the Platinum Jubilee. Uh, what a race that'll be, uh, especially in being the year we're in. Uh, we've got the Wokingham as well. These are all the real straightforward races, Kate, aren't they? These ones. <laughs> 
easy ones to the ones you love to run your trends through the draw and the age. Uh, obviously, you might as well rip those up at this stage. So this is why we're getting used to think out, think outside the box at the moment. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's interesting one listening to just as a, a news bulletin. Alcohol free is going to run in the Jubilee. It sounds like uh, mm. quite quite remarkable, yeah. really. And that horse coming down in trip. I thought that was a. Uh, Quite interesting. Uh, and then we've got the Harwick Stakes, where we're due to see the return of Hurricane Lane, of course, who was a very smart performer last year for the Godolphin team. Uh, God, Frankie, you can lead off here. Uh, Saturday, you'll be nursing your hangover, no doubt, um, with, a, with a kebab on your lap. But what, what, what are we going with here? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, firstly, if, if anyone is um, curious or, or teased into alcohol-free over the shorter trip. Ashim was very confident that that would be right for her. Um, right. After speaking to him last week, obviously he's rode one on her at Ascot. He was, he was pretty confident that was the right move. So a vote of confidence mm. from him on the, the distant drop there. Um, I'll be amazed if me and Kate have the same horse. I've gone for an absolute wild card. She might be going with the same race, though, in the Hardwick, because I know, Kate, you are a Hurricane Lane fan and you think four to six yeah. is maybe value. Um, I'm going right down the card um, for a complete swing at about a 16 to one shot. La Petite Coco, who you've got to, you've got to be optimistic here because she hasn't ran since September 2021, but she left off beating Love um, over one mile two at the Curra. And she just looks a real tough kind of hardy stayer each time she's taken on a trickier challenge she's rose to the occasion and managed to find a win and winning four of the last five races only one second at nace one was quite unlucky in the running to finish that race off and at 16s look i know the favorite is where it, you know hurricane lane four to six could, could be value but 16s for my pick I think there's definitely a chance to be in the mix. And if enough line up and you can get four or five places, then I think it'd be a one to watch. As I said, no racing since September 2021. So you've got to be optimistic. But if all things are right, then I think the Petit Coco's in with a fair chance. Brilliant. Brilliant. I like it. I like it. Yeah, Petit Coco, wonderful restaurant in Shelton. If you ever get the guard, you've probably been there, Frankie or Kate. If you like your... Uh... Your authentic French bistro with a bit of a steak tartare. Then that's the uh, place to head. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, where, where are we going, Kate? Frankie's got a little bit off piece. I like it. I like this outside the box thinking. We've gone, yes, yeah, you say La Petit Coco uh, was on an absolute roll. Probably be coming in here fresh. Uh, are you with the, the Hardwick and a short one, or are you, you you going to have a swing at one of those uh, 900 runner handicaps? <laughs> oh, no, unfortunately not. Not not with not knowing the shape of any of those races. Yeah. I'm not even going to try with that. But, um, yeah, obviously you're making the big bucks then, because I've not even heard of Le Petit Coco then in, <laughs> in Cheltenham at all. I'm, I'm sort of a... Uh, I, I'd be going to Pizza Express as a massive treat. So clearly that's not um, not in my, my, um, my vicinity whatsoever. But no, but uh, for once, Frankie's actually just sort of got me spot on there in so many ways. Because the Hardwick's a race I love. <laughs> Hurricane Lane is a horse that I absolutely love. So everything is correct there completely. I sort of felt targeted then. But, but... I'm actually not going for the race. I'm going Ooh. for the race following that in the Platinum Jubilee. You have to go for the Platy 
dupes in this oh. year in the full 20 and i have to side with another one of my absolute favorite horses in training which is creative force because he hasn't let me down very often at all i think he's a very fair price here as well and i just wonder about the platinum jubilee and how it might cut up of course we have the possibility of some of these international runners doing the quick turnaround double from the king stand with the likes of nature strip he's set to be ridden by jamie carr who flies over specifically to pick up this spare ride because james mcdonald he's contracted to cool more so he'll have to ride home right. affairs if he runs here which is just wild if the world's top female jockey flies over and may not even get a ride but regardless of that, I, I think it will be difficult for Nature Strip to win both group ones. But for all that, yeah. I'm fancying for the King stand. But right. alas, here over this 6-6 six, six furlongs, I would rather take Creative Force, already a group one winner over this trip, of course, uh, of course, and distance, with that coming on his final start of last season in the British Champion Sprint Stakes. And yep. there was a feeling last season, this lad may want softer ground. But if you remember early last season, there was actually the question prior to his win in the Carnarvon Stakes, whether or not he'd had handle the good to soft ground there because his previous form had been all on quick so yep. he's actually very ground versatile so the dry forecast or watering either way it doesn't worry me at all yeah and yes he didn't run well on his reappearance in Maidan but it's easily forgivable back of the track we know he goes so well at so yeah creative force in the 420 the platy jubes Oh, because you keep relentless with that one. You're absolutely relentless. <laughs> yeah, great uh, creative force in the platy jubes. Uh, nine, to, nine, to one, nine to one at the moment. Uh, I think it was fair to say the complexion of that race could uh, change dramatically uh, in the upcoming days. Uh, but you say proven course of distance performer, two wins at Ascot as well. Always something handy to have up your sleeve. Uh, so I've been getting so excited here. Frankie, you've given your selection, haven't you? You're in the Hardwick. Um, yep. Yeah, you're you're in the Hardwick stakes. Coco in the Hardwick. The Petit Coco. Yeah, I'm That's I'm kind one. of stumbling around here, not knowing what to do on, <laughs> on the Saturday. But I, I'm not I'm not going to give one uh, just for the sake of it. Right. Two 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 questions before we go. Um, most important one. Who's your best bet of the entire week? If there's one one horse you think we should be with for the three from home listeners, who should it be? Right. Kate Tracy. Floor is yours. At uh, this stage, because we don't exactly know the yeah. shape of the Ribblesdale, because um, I think history is a fair price, but we're not entirely sure if Emily Upton's going to be there. So I will go. Horse I know is going to run in the race. Perfect power in the Commonwealth Cup. Got in there first before Frankie. <laughs> Brilliant. Perfect power in the Commonwealth Cup. Uh, yeah, go on then, Frankie. Are you going to bite back? Golden Pal to get everyone off to a good start. Um, I just think, yeah, tailor-made for a race like this. And I am fully in the Wesley Ward hype camp for this one. <laughs> yeah, the, the, is it the best horse he's ever brought over? Uh, that kind of yeah. lines have been, been That's coming out. Yeah. Oh, it's great, isn't it? I love it all. I love it all. Yeah, Same. so that is Golden Powell in the Tuesday. Uh, that's the King Stand Stakes, uh, it has to be said. Uh, right, where am I going? I'm with Baybridge uh, in mm -hmm. the uh, the Prince of Wales. Uh, Ryan Moore, so I could start. I'm hoping he'll get the job done, but... Uh, I do. I, I play them late, but I, I will get involved in some of these uh, absolutely equine Rubik's Cube handicaps later on. Uh, no doubt there'll be some 33 to 1 poker, which will really attract me. Uh, right. And the final question, which is a heart overhead, or it might not be, on a serious note, does Stradivarius win? Now, I mean, you're talking about atmospheres here. This, the roof, proverbial roof, will come off the stand if the old boy mm -hmm. can get it down. I was thinking he's near the retirement 
home than he is uh, getting back in a Royal Ascot winners' enclosure. Mm-hmm. He seems to find everyone. I would say Trushan doesn't line up. This race could fall yeah. apart. Suddenly, hang on a minute, here we go again. I mean, what do we think, Frankie? <laughs> yes or no? Stradivarius, is he winning? I think he's got every chance and everything looks to be playing into his favour. Um, I can't remember the Aidan O'Brien horse's name. Kiprios. Is that? Kiprios. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Kiprios has got to step up in trip. I think, Kate, you like your stats, but there's not been many winners mm-hmm. um, that come into this race not winning over two miles before. Mm-hmm. It's a massive step up in trip. I know if there was one to defy stats, it would be Aidan O'Brien. Um, so there's question marks there and then Turushan looks an unlikely runner we know Strad I know he's getting older and he's not quite the same but he does still have that little bit of kind of turn of foot and if it's quick ground and gets good running and just kick on then he, he, he will fight and he will battle that's for sure so um, yeah that's I think a yes that's start. a yes that's a yes from you Frankie come yeah on, we'll have a yes yeah we'll go <laughs> yeah <laughs> go on the old boy go on come on Kate come on are you, are you glassed half full <laughs> Oh, why do you have to come to me then after <laughs> that? Because I'm only going to be a party pooper because I think Kiprios <laughs> will win. <laughs> right, so I'm just okay. going to ruin it for everyone. Sorry. Right, but it's one all, and I'm. um. Yeah, I don't think he'll win. <laughs> I don't think. I think. I, I think. Uh, yeah, you should never, never mix. Uh, what do they say? Uh, emotion, sentiment with business, and I, I no. just think it could just be a, a bridge too far for him, but. There is a he could just bizarrely cut to about a five run a race the way this is uh this royal that's sort of yeah. going and he would have every chance anyway. Fingers crossed for Stradivarius in terms of the reception because that will be absolutely memorable. Uh, my thanks to Kate and my thanks to Frankie as always for absolute whistle stop tour of Royal Ascot. Some wonderful selections there, uh, which keep keep your eyes and ears peeled. Uh, all sorts of value to be had during Royal Ascot week, and um, we'll be seeing how we get on. Well, a lot of head to heads we've had there. We'll be seeing you comes out on top, it has to be said. And, of course, my thanks to you uh, for listening at home. If you do like to have a bet, please do gamble responsibly. It's a long old week at Royal Ascot. It should be great fun. Uh, Kate and Frankie are going to be there. The sun is going to be out, and I'm going to be watching on the box. Anyway, absolutely fantastic. Uh, enjoy your Royal Ascot 2022. Uh, the Three From Home podcast is on a summer hiatus after this show. All being well, we'll be back in the autumn as the jump season ramps up again. That's because Frankie and Kate uh, are jetting all around Europe on their holidays, as to be expected. (laughs) Anyway, but thanks once again for you at home for listening, and we'll speak again soon.